You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. The Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the fucking Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck the Jets, fuck them. Oh, hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, I am thankful for the New York Jets because, (laughs) listen, I'm thankful that they're 0-10. I'm thankful that their organization is a mess right now. I'm thankful that Adam Gase is there and not on our sideline. I am very, very thankful that there is another team in the AFC East that can just take all of the stank and put it on them. And that team right now is the New York Jets. And it's, uh, it's Jets week. It's our second trip, second time through to, to play the Jets. And we're going to talk about that today. Talk about what the Dolphins need to do to get a big bounce back win against the Jets and, and get back on the right track here as we head down the final stretch of this 2020 regular season. Hopefully the Dolphins can make a little push for the playoffs here because they're certainly looking to be in the mix as we come down the stretch. But before we do that, Brain, I got to ask you, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I mean, it was obviously, you know, like so many things in 2020, it was it was weird. It was not your, your normal Thanksgiving in that... Uh, it was just the immediate family, uh, and not a group of about 15 to 20. But that said, we still cooked for about 15 to 20. So we still had lots of food, uh, and, uh, you know, still overate, had a bit of a food coma, let that go, let, you know, let that, uh, subside a little bit, ate a little bit more, and then woke up this morning and ate a little bit more. So, uh, in, in that respect, uh, it was very much like every other Thanksgiving, uh, and ultimately in a year that's been so trying, uh, just thankful to even be able to have some semblance of Thanksgiving was really good. That's awesome. Super glad to hear that. Uh, my family is having our Thanksgiving, actually, as we record this on, on Friday evening, we're going to have ours tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, we have a, a pod with another family, uh, that we, we spend our time with, but we consider them part of our household. And they, uh, they're both teachers. And one of them had a student who had tested positive. We don't think there was any interaction between, uh, the teacher and the student during the contagious period, but, uh, we, they, they went ahead and got tested just in case. And so we were sort of waiting for the results of their tests to come in before we got together. Their tests have come back. They were negative. So we're going to go ahead and have our Thanksgiving on Saturday. So that's pretty exciting. But we either way, we had a very relaxing Thursday. We watched a couple of just absolute dog shit football games and, uh, you know, and then also watched the dog show, which was a little bit better. A little bit better on this particular Thanksgiving watching the dog show. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think we should get into what the Dolphins need to do as they head into this matchup with the New York Jets. But before we do that, a reminder to everybody, if you're not doing so already, to make sure you're following us on the Twitter machine. The the uh, the show's podcast or Twitter account, rather. Boy, Thanksgiving, I'm already suffering a hangover. I haven't even eaten yet. Uh, but the the 
Twitter handle for the show is at same old dolphins. I am at amplified to rock. He is at Aaron the brain. That's at AA Ron the brain. So make sure you're following us there. Make sure you head over to facebook.com slash same old dolphins and give us a like there as well. Make sure then that you head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts and download rate review and subscribe to the show that it helps us out a great deal. We're also, of course, on the Dolphins Talk Podcast Network. So make sure you're subscribed to DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast as well, because you will catch every episode of the same old Dolphins show in that feed as well. And then finally, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins and where you can find all of your latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Rain, uh, the Dolphins getting ready to head up face the New York Jets, and this is going to be a little bit different matchup than we saw last time. Last time these two teams met, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Joe Flacco, and this time it's going to be Sam Darnold at quarterback for the Jets, and at this point in time, we think It'll be Tua Tungavailoa for the Dolphins, but we're not 100% on that because uh, this week he jammed his left thumb. That's his throwing hand. He, he jammed his thumb on an opposing player's helmet, and uh, he has been listed as questionable. He's gotten in three limited practices this week since that happened, and so it's, uh, it's a little bit up in the air. According to Brian Flores, he says the team is going to go back and look at the tape from Friday's practice before making a decision as to whether or not Tua is going to play in this game on Sunday. Uh, if he ends up not getting the start on Sunday, I'm sure the conspiracy theorists are going to be having themselves a field day, what with Tua being benched in the game against Denver. And they're going to say that this is Brian Flores using this as an excuse to get Fitzpatrick in there and this, that, and the other thing. I think for... Our purposes, we should probably just talk about this game as if Tua was going to be the starting quarterback. And, you know, and then we can talk about it in more general terms as well, because I think the game plan for winning this one is going to be the same whether Tua is the quarterback or not, quite frankly. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that there. Uh, the other things that we do know is that Savan Ahmed and Solomon Kindley will both be out for this game, Kinley uh, still dealing with that foot issue and Ahmed dealing with that that shoulder. And so neither of them are going to be available for this game. Uh, Jakeem Grant also questionable for this game for the Dolphins. So uh, he, apparently he picked up a calf injury in practice this week. He, he practiced on a limited basis Wednesday and Thursday or uh, uh, rather Thursday and Friday. Uh, so we'll find out whether he's going to be able to go. Uh, it's probably going to be one of those game-time decisions uh, on Jakeem Grant. The other thing that is a question mark that is hanging over this game is whether Miles Gaskin is going to be activated from injured reserve. It sounds like he's been practicing and he's been he's been out there and, and putting forth the effort. It sounds like he should be ready to go, but he hasn't been officially activated from the IR yet. So we're still waiting to hear about that. We do know that Jesse Davis has been activated off the COVID list, as has Christian Wilkins. So the Dolphins will have both of those guys at their disposal. The Jesse Davis news is particularly good in light of the fact that Solomon Kinley is going to miss this Sunday's game. Uh, but that's what we know on the Jets side of the ball. As I mentioned, Sam Darnold is going to be making his first start in several weeks back from his injury issues. Um, and uh, it sounds like uh, Patrick Onwusser, how do you say it? How do you pronounce it? Their linebacker is going to be out for this game. Uh, George Fant and Chuma Edoga are both doubtful for this game. And uh, their linebacker, Blake Cashman, and guard Alex Lewis are both questionable for this game. So uh, Jets a little bit potentially shorthanded as well. So let's talk about what the Dolphins are going to need to do to beat this Jets team. It's it's interesting because you look at it and you go, well, the Dolphins should have no problem. Dolphins are six or four. They've got one of the better scoring differentials in the league. They're up against a terrible Jets team. They should win this game. But you don't want to, yeah, this is the National Football League. You can't overlook anybody. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Whether Tua is the quarterback or Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, whether it's Miles Gaskin or Matt Breida or DeAndre Washington or Patrick Laird as your running back, what is going to be the game plan 
for your Miami Dolphins to succeed offensively against what the Jets are going to be trying to do defensively. So for starters, I, I know you said, well, we're just going to attack this as if, you know, Tua is the starter. But I just want to say, I'll put this right out there. Uh, while I agree with you that it, it shouldn't make a difference as far as what the game plan is, you know, regardless of who, who the starting quarterback is, I do think the game plan will be the same. That said, I think coming off the heels of Tua being benched, having this whole debate about which quarterback gives you the best chance to win. If in any way, shape, or form, Tua is not himself and he's not 100%, if he's any way disabled, then why put him out there? Uh, you, you know, it's, it's a given that mentally, you know, from a mental aspect, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is well more advanced because he's been in the league for 16 years as a starting quarterback. He's got a better grasp of this offense because he has several years of this offense under Chan Gailey. So if there's any doubt whatsoever about the health of Tua Tungavailoa, then by all means, you should be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game. That said, regardless of who starts, uh, it's pretty simple. The Jets have one of the worst pass defenses in the National Football League, and they actually have a pretty good run defense. The Dolphins don't run the ball particularly well, and uh, coming into this game, we currently don't even know who the Dolphins are going to have as their starting running back because Savan Ahmed is out and Miles Gaskin is questionable. Uh, not on the injury report because he's still technically on IR, so they don't have to list him on the injury report, but all signs are he's questionable. This could be gamesmanship. I tend to think, look, he's practiced all week. We've got Savan Ahmed out. I think Miles Gaskin is going to play, but I don't know that. My guess is as good as yours, and if it's not Miles Gaskin, it's Patrick Laird, DeAndre Washington, and Matt Breida, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence against anybody, let alone a Jets defense that is top five in the league in opponents' yards per rushing attempt. So I think it's it's pretty obvious that the game plan needs to be to throw the ball early, uh, to to set up the run with the pass, to move the ball with the pass and keep the Jets honest by running the, by mixing in the run. Uh, and, and the good news here is that the Jets are not this prolific pass rush. So even if it's Tua, who I'm sure if Tua is the starting quarterback or, you know, even if it is Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know that this Dolphins offense relies on getting the ball out quick. But even in that case, Against a Jets defense that doesn't apply a whole lot of pressure, uh, you, you probably get an extra second or so to, to hold on to the ball and, and deliver it against this, this Jets defense. And that's some extra time for these Dolphins receivers who have not done a good job really all season long in getting open. Uh, but it gives them some extra time against a Jets secondary that really isn't very good. So I think you just got to exploit your advantages. I think this is the kind of game where, you know, if Jakeem Grant doesn't play, you're already without Preston Williams. You're potentially without your top two running backs. I, I think this is a game where you've got to lean on your reliable players. They don't have very many of them on the offensive side of the ball, but one of them is for sure Devontae Parker. And so I think Devontae Parker needs to step up and have a big game. I think Mike Gesicki needs to step up and have a big game. But ultimately, I think this comes down to just, you know, coming up with some big plays in the passing game, mixing in the run, and really just not not beating yourself because the, the you know and we'll get into you know the other side of the ball but the dolphins defense should have an advantage in this game the dolphins special team seemingly has an advantage every single week so let those two you know sides of the ball uh you know set you up give you an advantage and then just be opportune that's been the formula for this dolphins team all year long even in games where this dolphins team has managed to put up 30 points uh 
it's really been on the strength of their defense and their special teams either coming up with scores themselves or setting them up with short fields. So just don't beat yourself. And when you get opportunities, make the most of them. I think that's a good idea. It's a good plan. Dolphins need to stay within themselves offensively and just let what their strengths are be their strengths. The Jets are not going to run all over the Dolphins the way that the Denver Broncos did. You know, 87-year-old Frank Gore is not going to do to the Dolphins what Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon did to the Dolphins. So I think the Dolphins should be should be able to have a bit more success defensively and at least on the defensive side of the ball bounce back and let their focus really be on making sure that that Sam Darnold beats him. It doesn't beat you rather. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. But offensively, yeah, play within yourself. If it's Tua, let's let's start with, you know, some short passes. Let him get into a rhythm. Let him let him start to feel it a little bit because, you know, I think that's going to be important is letting him get in a an established feel for the game after he had such a rough outing last time. And if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know that he's already got a feel for it. And he's going to sling it all over the place and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So yeah, I think it's, it's a matter of the dolphins uh, playing smart and, you know, taking good care of the ball. Speaking of taking good care of the ball. Manscaped brain. It's, it's the holiday. It's officially with Thanksgiving now in the rearview mirror. It is now officially the holiday season, right? So you're probably, you know, a lot of folks are putting up their Christmas decorations. They're, they're hanging up their, their Christmas, they're putting up the Christmas tree. They're hanging the Christmas balls. Listen, you got to make sure that your Christmas balls are well taken care of. And the way to do that is with Manscaped. And the good news here is, and I know that we've got, we've got uh, listeners all over the world. Manscaped is now delivering to Europe, Canada, and Australia. So as we like to say here on the same old dolphin show, you can take care of yourself down under, down under. It's a pretty good, pretty good situation. You can do that with Manscaped and you've got the lawnmower 3.0, which is, you know, the, like that's the first thing, right? You gotta, you really, when you got this situation down there, if it's, if it's, if it's, you know, untouched wilderness, lawnmower 3.0 is gonna come in handy for you. And then once you've taken care of that, then you can shift over to the ball pres- or the crop preserver ball deodorant. You can use the crop reviver ball toner, which has the aloe vera and hazel extracts. Hazel extract. I know, Brain, you're partial to the hazel extracts. I love some hazel ash- extract. Uh, my my boys love the hazel ac- extract. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a well-known fact. Uh, you got the crop cleanser, body wash to take care of yourself all over. Um, if you find yourself in need of an emergency situation, you're outside of the house and, you know, you, uh, an opportunity presents itself, well, the, the crop mop ball wipes. Are portable. You can take them with you. you. Get your foot duster, foot deodorant, the shears 2.0 to take care of your your finger and toenails. You got the weed whacker for the nose and uh for your nose and ear hair. And I can tell you that my father in law just purchased the weed whacker to take care of his uh, nose and ear hair. So that's that's good, you know. So uh, I will let you know what his thoughts were on that as soon as it arrives. Um, but I can tell you that Mike. At Dolphins Talk, Mike from right here from Dolphins Talk, he uh he loves the weed wagger. He swears by it up and down. So you can trust Mike when it comes to that. And listen, all of these different uh, sprays and body washes that you get from Manscaped, they're all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free. I don't even know what a paraben is, but it's paraben-free. So you know all these products are legit, right? And here's the good news. It's Black Friday as we're recording this. So if you go to manscaped.com, you pick out the items that you want, you put them in your cart, you go to checkout, and you use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK, normally you save 20%. But for a limited time, you can save 25% off of your order at DOLPHINSTALK with, or at manscaped.com with the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. This is a pretty big deal. It's a big deal to get that extra 5% off. So listen, 
you, if you're going to buy these products anyway, which you've been thinking about it, you hear us do this ad all the time, and you're thinking, maybe I should try it out. Listen, and you've been thinking, well, the 20% discount is pretty good, but I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I think you've probably got three or four days to head over to manscaped.com and get a little bit extra discount. So why not take advantage of it? Do it now. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk. You'll save 25% off for a limited time. You'll also get free shipping. And then the best part of it all is once the product arrives, you're going to be very, very well taken care of. Yeah? I mean, they're not going to send somebody to do it. You're going to have to do it yourself. But listen, you won't regret it. Manscaped.com, promo code Dolphins Talk. Save 25% off of your order. That is a Black Friday special, and I'll even show you. I got my Manscaped shirt on here today. There it is. Boom. Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Now, on the other side of the ball, when the Jets have it, this uh, it's safe to assume their offense is going to look a little bit different with Sam Darnold at the helm. Um, he's certainly not a Kyler Murray type. He's certainly not a Josh Allen type, but he does have that athleticism. So there is the threat that he could just at any time up and run with the football. He does have a lot more mobility than somebody like a Joe Flacco would have. So what do the Dolphins need to do defensively to make sure they lock down Sam Darnold, Frank Gore, or the ghost of Frank Gore? And the rest of this New York Jets offense. Well, well here's the thing. I, look, Sam Darnold certainly highly touted coming out of USC a few years ago. Uh, so much so that the Jets drafted him, what, fourth overall? I think he was the second quarterback taken in that draft behind just Baker Mayfield. Uh, and drafted ahead of both Josh Allen and Josh Rosen in what was a really highly touted quarterback class. And, you know, he, he's, he's been pretty much a disappointment thus far in his career. He's battled some injuries and yeah, he, he's got some advantages from an athletic standpoint over Joe Flacco, but at the same time, he's not going to be mistaken for Kyler Murray or anything. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that the Jets don't take a step back. Uh, when you look at the numbers, I mean, look, neither of them have gotten a win, but the Jets the last couple of weeks have had their two best offensive performances of the season and have lost, you know, last week's game, I think wasn't as close necessarily as the score indicated, but the week before a very competitive game against the New England Patriots and Joe Flacco played well in both of those games. And in fact, in four starts this year, Joe Flacco has six touchdowns to three interceptions. Sam Darnold in six starts this year has three touchdowns to six interceptions. So certainly Sam Darnold is a, you know, and, and this is not just based on the small sample size of this year, but this is really his entire pro career to this point. And in fact, you can go back at his college career. He's a gunslinger that isn't afraid to take risks and he will turn the ball over. That is just part of his game. So is he a, is he a guy that maybe, you know, you can, you have to, game plan a little bit for his ability to move outside of the pocket. Yeah, a little bit, but it's not so much that you, that you got to keep a spy on him or that you really have to worry about him going off for like 80 yards. I know he did have a game. Uh, one of his games this year was a Thursday night game where I think he took off and he had like a 50 yard touchdown run. But I mean, th- those are few and far between. That's not something that Sam Darnold is going to do most weeks. Uh, ultimately, I think you've got a better opportunity to get turnovers, to force mistakes with a guy like Sam Darnold back there than you do with Joe Flacco. So I think there's going to be opportunities. And the fact that the Jets are dealing with injuries on the offensive line, they're two starting tackles, Chuma Adoga and George Fant, both doubtful for this game. Look, that means... You know, Emmanuel Ogba, Andrew Van Ginkle, Shaq Lawson, the return of, of Christian Wilkins. These guys should have plenty of opportunities to put pressure on, uh, Sam Darnold. 
And we, we might be able to do it without even blitzing uh, a vast majority of the time. So we might be able to do it without those zero blitzes, which I'm sure we're going to bring, but we might be able to mix it up a little bit more, play a little bit of zone. Ultimately, there's two things that you got to do against this Jets offense. Uh, I, I mean, aside from putting pressure on Sam Darnold to, to force mistakes, the, the big thing is first and foremost, you got to stop the run. Uh, they're not some, high-powered rushing attack. You were saying, you know, they're not going to run on us the way that Denver uh, ran on us. That's probably true. Uh, you know, Frank Gore is not, you know, Frank Gore is a three and a half to four yard a carry machine. He's great at what he does, but, you know, at this point in his career, he's not a guy that's, you know, going to be a game breaker. Uh, LaMichael Pirine, uh, has a little bit more explosiveness, but he's nothing special. And frankly, this offensive line really doesn't compare to he's that also Denver on offensive IR line. and not going to play in this game. So who's their backup running back? I, I don't even know. Let me uh, see if I can get the producer <laughs> on that. We're bad at this. <laughs> uh, is it, uh, who they got? Who they got? Let's see, pulling it up right now. <laughs> I'm looking at it and like the next guys, uh, you know, as far as yards are Kalen Balaj and Le'Veon Bell, who aren't even on the team anymore. Oh boy. I guess it would be Josh Malone. No, he's a, or Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. Yeah. Cause Josh Malone is a receiver. Anyway, maybe Josh Adams. Josh um, Adams. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that this is not a great Jets backfield. <laughs> it's not a great Jets running game. And, uh, it's not a good Jets offensive line, and we should, with the with the return of Christian Wilkins and a week of probably getting, you know, yelled at pretty 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 badly by this uh, entire defensive staff led by Josh Boyer and Marion Hobby, let alone Brian Flores. The Dolphins should come in ready to make a statement defensively, uh, particularly against the run. And so we should be able to stop the run. And outside of that, defending the deep third of the field, which has been a strength of this team all year long, even last week, uh, Brashad Perriman uh, is a problem. Uh, for, you know, most teams. He is a big play threat. He is, and in fact, has had two big time touchdown receptions the last two weeks. But outside of him, uh, there's really not much there uh, as far as guys that are going to stretch the field. It's mostly underneath stuff from Mims and Braxton Berrios, uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end. And, and I look, the Dolphins secondary, even last week, was really good. Uh, and so we are well-equipped to, to stop this Jets passing attack, especially if we're putting pressure on Sam Darnold. Really, all you got to do, you got to get them in the long down and distances. You just got to stop the run. Stop the run. Don't allow the cheap big plays. And this Jets offense will not beat you. This is not a Jets offense that is going to beat you consistently driving down the field 10 plus play drives. Just don't give up the big plays. Don't hurt yourself with stupid penalties and just stop the run. And you're going to be fine because it's just not a good Jets offense. Yeah, it. it I mean, you, you've said it there. I mean, the other key, it's just get pressure on that quarterback. Get pressure on that quarterback and, and you know, figure out a way, Figure find that place on the offensive line where you can attack that isn't Mekhi Becton and you're going to be – you're going to be all right, and I think you're going to get home. You're, you're, I think we're going to see the Dolphins get home a lot more than they did uh, last week against Denver, and the addition of Christian Wilkins obviously is going to be very helpful in that regard. Um, so let's see here. We've got got some breaking news here on the podcast on a Friday night as we're recording here. Um, it doesn't have to do directly with this particular game. But basically from uh, Tom Pelissero, he is recorded that he is reporting that the NFL informed clubs that all in-person team activities will be prohibited this coming Monday and Tuesday, um, a mitigation measure in light of rising COVID-19 positivity rates across the country and many players and staff having guests for Thanksgiving. The ban does not include games 
that are scheduled on Monday or Tuesday nights. So those teams are unaffected. As he uh, goes on to say, most teams don't typically practice on Mondays or Tuesdays, so players aren't in the building as much anyway. He said everyone is still tested every day, and based on the incubation period, keeping the facilities closed on those days could catch many or could uh, prevent many uh, new infections entering the building over the holiday. So that's sort of a mitigation effort that the NFL is putting in place. Um, and this news comes on the heels of, of course, finding out that the game that was originally scheduled for Thursday night between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers was pushed to Sunday because of an outbreak of COVID-19 cases in the Baltimore uh, organization. And then on uh Late Thanksgiving night, we found out that Lamar Jackson and other players had been infected and that there was sort of an ongoing outbreak so that the NFL pushed the game back again to Tuesday evening coming up. And then the Ravens following game, which was originally supposed to be on Thursday because the Ravens were going to play Thursday Thanksgiving night and then the following Thursday night against the Cowboys. Now that game is being pushed until next Monday night. Um, at least tentatively speaking, the NFL is doing everything in their power to try to avoid canceling games. Of course, if they cancel a game, that means there would be a an eighth playoff spot added. And, of course, that would significantly improve the Dolphins' chances of making the playoffs. Uh, there is still a pretty decent gap between the Dolphins and what would be the ninth place team in the AFC. But uh, we're not at that point yet. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, obviously the NFL trying to do what they can to mitigate the spread of COVID-19, um, although it seems like maybe the smart thing to do would be to just go ahead and cancel this game. But, you know, this isn't a Ravens. This isn't a Ravens podcast. Uh, and I don't feel like going on a rant about how the NFL is really, you know, listen, they should. I'm just going to say it. The NFL should be canceling this game. It should be a forfeit because we know it has been reported and confirmed that the Ravens have suspended their strength and conditioning coach for failing to follow the COVID-19 guidelines. He wasn't using the contact tracing uh, bracelet gimmick that they're wearing. He was, did not report when he had symptoms and he came into the facility anyway. So this was the guy that spread the virus among his teammates. And now they've got this outbreak in Baltimore. And instead of just saying, well, you guys screwed up, your organization screwed up. They are bending over backwards to do everything in their power to make the game happen. Even though if the game happens, the Ravens are going to be without two of their top running backs and now they're their quarterback, their starting quarterback. So it, they're going to be significantly weakened. I, I just feel like it's right there. Just cancel the game. Just cancel it. But that's a conversation for another time because we've got hot takes that we need to share with everybody. Every week we ask our listeners to share hashtag one hot take about this Sunday's game and the listeners never disappoint. They always deliver. And let's get into it a little bit, a uh, little bit of a different feel. In the hot takes this week. And let's see if you can pick up on that a little bit as we go through. And the first answer, the first hot take comes from uh, at Minka's mom, Big Facts Man. The take there, Finn's taking L. Man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kyle Cartwright at K Cartwright 77 says Tua passes for three and runs for two. I hope he is referring to touchdowns as opposed to yards. Uh, let's see. At Danny Leon 66 says Ryan Fitzpatrick starts because of Tua's thumb injury. Uh, at Turo 23, Lord Turo says Tua is going to bounce back with three, with a three touchdown game and the Dolphins win 35 to 24. Considering the Dolphins shut the Jets out 24 nothing last time they met, I'm not going to be happy with them giving up 24 points to the Jets. A but win is a win. A win is a win is a win. That's right. Mr. Dodger 1966 says Tua will throw at least one incomplete pass and also complete at least one pass. Hot Scalding, take. scalding hot take. Uh, let's see here. Although uh, he may not play, in which case he would be wrong on both counts. That's true. It would be, a, it would be an incorrect take. Uh, at Twitsy says score may be closer than predicted. Well, we haven't revealed our, our prediction yet, so uh, we'll see. 
let's see. At Rob the Mob says they need to prove they don't play clown to competition and win this game. Be the new Finns, not the ones of old. Oh, don't be same old Dolphins. I believe that is a threat from Rob the Mob. Dolphins. Let's see. Uh, from at Mercenova says Sam Darnold seeing more ghosts gets taken out of the game for Flacco, but Flacco is still traumatized, traumatized from the Kinko Alonso hit from years ago. And Byron Jones finally, after his tight man to man coverage, gets an interception. Like a nice detailed take like that. Did they call him Kinko Alonso? No, I, I misspoke. It's, oh, okay. It's, <laughs> Kinko Alonso is very funny. thought they took him down to the, to the print shop. That's right. <laughs> let's see uh, let's see uh, at E1985A says Tua throws 300 plus yards and scores three touchdowns and then predicts the Dolphins win 30 to 16 uh, at SMOFFE87 says that uh, Tua throws for 275 yards and three touchdowns in a statement game uh, at Dolphins underscore Josh says Byron, Byron Jones interception Let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, at Haitian Dolphin once his offense will be dominant. 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 150 rushing yards, and two touchdowns for the Dolphins. That's, that's a wild, it's a wild one. I, 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 at this point, I don't know how we're still getting people predicting the Dolphins are going to run for 150 yards. At any time. But <laughs> certainly this week. I, I don't understand certainly, it. Certainly, certainly a hot take. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, here we go. Dolphin, this is from Jack Ross 366. Dolphins post another shutout. So Jets score zero points versus the Dolphins this season and Finns record five sacks, two interceptions. Uh, at Miami, Tua says that the offense will barely put up 24. Uh, and at electric one says a loss and you can forget the playoffs. If you, if you put up barely 24, does that mean you put up exactly 24? Yeah, I think that's what it would mean. I think that's what that means. <laughs> uh, at electric one says a loss and you can forget the playoffs. Uh, at Finn's disciples, says Darn- Darnold throws for over 300 yards. Wow. Here we go. Uh, at Leo B, just me says Tua will rebound big time. Uh, R Hilbert 187 says Dolphins win, but Tua looks bad. Man, that, and, and those are the, those are the, those are the picks. Those are the hot takes. So as you can see, a little bit of a different tone in the takes this week. First, not as many takes and a lot more, not from everybody, but definitely a, a bit more trepidation. Filtering into the picks, into the takes this week. I think we're officially out of the honeymoon phase of Tua Tunga Vailoa based on those hot takes. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think that's fair. I mean, it, it looks like he, st- he started uh, four games at this point, and he has had one good game. He yes, was, he, definitively he, one good game. Yeah, he had he had a, an eh game against the Rams where he didn't really have to do anything. And in the game against San Diego or Los Angeles, the Chargers, he didn't really have to do anything. He was okay. He was okay in that game, just okay. And then he was bad against Denver. He had a bad day against the Broncos. Um, and then obviously the Arizona game, he was, he was great. So, uh, you know, really one good game from Tua at this point. So I think it's fair for people to turn around and, you know, have, you know, you know, start to cool off a little bit on him. And let's see what happens this week, uh, you know, against against a weaker Jets team. And speaking of which, let's make our picks. What do you see happening on Sunday as your Miami Dolphins take on Adam Gase for probably the last time, mind you. This is probably the last time the Dolphins will face Adam Gase as the head coach of the New York Jets. So what's going to happen? Or the head coach of any other team, probably for <laughs> maybe forever. That's true. Uh, so, look, I've I've restrained myself, and and I've tried to stay level headed, even as the Dolphins were piling up wins. And then last week, you know, 
I pretty much gave in and I said, look, we're good. This is a good football team. We're going to take care of business and we're going to beat bad football teams. And right when I did that, they, you know, they did what they always do and they, they disappointed. So I'm, I'm not without some trepidation here, but I'm going to double down. I still believe this is a good football team. I don't think it's a great football team. Um, but I think this is a good football team. And the Jets are a really bad football team, and there's no way around that. And the Jets are banged up. The Dolphins aren't without injuries, but honestly, the, the Dolphins are in better shape injury-wise than the New York Jets are. Uh, and a team as bad as the Jets needs to be healthy, and they need to find advantages somewhere. Uh, and I just don't see it for the Jets, especially uh, when they have the ball. So I think the Dolphins' defense who did not have a good game last week. And so they, I'm sure, you know, look, they, they took a lot of brunt of the criticism, although not nearly as much as the offense, but they still took their fair share of criticism because this inability to stop the run is not a new thing, uh, this year. Uh, but it, it finally cost them for the first time in, you know, basically since week two of the season. Uh, their, their inability to stop the run really cost them a game. And so I think they come out and they play pissed off and they write the ship defensively. And I think we're going to see a dominant defensive performance. Special teams wise, I think it's going to be very interesting if Jakeem Grant does not play because then what we will likely see is Noah Igbenogany returning kickoffs. I'm not sure if he will also be returning puns or if they'll go a different route there, whether it's a Lynn Bowden or, or somebody else. Uh, but to not have Jakeem Grant, who has been such a prolific return man and who'd really been coming into his own the past few weeks, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Dolphins adjust there. But that still said, Still a really good, you know, special teams unit, the best in the league. Uh, I think you've got an advantage there. You got a clear advantage with our defense against the Jets offense. And I think the Dolphins do enough against a Jets secondary that isn't very good, uh, to move the ball, put some points on the board. I think they get back to basics here. They get the ball out quick. And I think they target Devontae Parker a ton. And I think Devontae Parker has a monster game here. I think Devontae Parker breaks 100 yards and gets at least one touchdown in this game. And whether it's Tua or it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think the Dolphins offense does a decent job. Gets some points on the board. I think the defense either gets points or sets the Dolphins up inside the opposing 30-yard line. Uh, in scoring range to set up more points at least once. Uh, and I think the Dolphins get up to a big lead and I think they cruise. I think it's going to be the kind of game where it, it might not always be pretty and you might come out of it and, and still be kind of frustrated with an inability to run the football and, and not feel great about where this offense is in general. But I think the offense does enough. And once you get staked to a big lead with the defense and the special teams kind of taking care of the rest, I think the Dolphins cruise. And I say the Dolphins win this one 26 to 10. I like the sound of that. I've got a double prediction here, Brain. I think if, if Tua can't go and Ryan Fitzpatrick gets the start, the prediction is going to be that we're going to be getting all kinds of conspiracy theories from all kinds of people, having all kinds of wacky conversations, because the the other part of it is going to be that I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to cook. If he gets the if he gets the nod to go ahead, I think the offense is going to click and be firing on all cylinders. And I and I think I could see the Dolphins winning this by a very lopsided score line and, and having it be that way pretty much all day long. Um, if Tua gets the start. I think he's going to be a little bit disjointed early, and I think it's going to take him a little while to get those feet under him. But I think eventually he's going to connect on some short passes. He's going to get a nice little streak going, maybe like eight, eight or you know, seven or eight uh, consecutive completed passes, short passes, and he's going to you know have a few kind of 
long drives that will get get his confidence built back up. And thanks to the role that the defense will play shutting down the Jets' offense, Tua will have a little bit longer of a grace period, and I think the Dolphins will end up going into the break. Uh, maybe he, it'll be, you know, maybe low scoring. It might be something like 10 to 3, something like that. It, it'll be a low scoring affair. But then in the second half, Two is going to come out and cook a little bit, and I and I think the Dolphins are going to be able to expand on what they on what they did, and the Jets. I don't know that they're going to be able to get anything going at all. So I, I think ultimately the Dolphins will win this game by we'll call it thirty to thirteen. That the Dolphins will get the win over the New York Jets with Tua having a very strong second half showing against the Jets. If Tua doesn't start. I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick goes nuts. Dolphins win in 41 to 10. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. If that's what you think, and you think if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts, this offense is clicking. And if Tua starts, the offense is going to struggle. I'm not saying Do the offense is co- going to I'm going to say, I'm, it's going to just take two. It's going to take a little bit well, of time. Well, if, if two is going to struggle the offense, you said we're going to be up 10 3 at halftime and it's going to be kind of ugly. Sure. I mean, that, is that not the offense struggling? Sure. Yeah. So if that's the case, and look, I get it. Like, you know, you get, he's got to take his lumps. You got to throw him out there. He's got to get his reps. He, he's got to grow. Mm-hmm. But if that's where we're at, you know, and everybody is thinking the same thing. And last week we're thinking, you know, we got to, we got to throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in there to try to come from behind and win a game. Like, why is should he starting? Tua be starting right yeah. now? Yeah. Well, should he? If he's your starting quarterback, he's your starting quarterback. You know, Brian Flores has said he's the starting quarterback. It's not my decision to make. Right. But I mean, look, we're, you know, we, Obviously, we could do that. We, we, if we don't want to have an opinion, we could just, any decision that's made, we could say, well, it's not our decision. I'm just saying, (laughs) if you're the, if you're Brian Flores, are you starting Tua in this game? Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if he's, if he's healthy and can go, yes, I'm starting him because I have made the decision that he's going to be the guy and we need to get, we need to get him the experience and we need to see what he could do. And like we said, we, he had that rough outing last week against Denver. He was pulled out of that game uh, because whatever he was going through was not going to get any better in the game. And so he brought in Fitzpatrick with to try to salvage the game. But Tua is still his starter. So, yeah, now you put Tua back in and you got to see how he bounces back. Because you want to talk about you want to talk about getting into your young quarterback's head and and you know really you know potentially wrecking his confidence is pulling him from a game and then not letting him start again. Now obviously there's an injury issue and that's part of it and that is in theory the reason why he wouldn't be the starter this week. But you know if he's if he's ready to go if he's able to go and he doesn't have an ailment that is significantly impacting his ability to play. And two is starting the game on Sunday. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I think that, that that's ultimately what it comes down to is the thumb. I just think if if there's any doubt as to him being 100% uh, and being able to be effective out there, th- and, and it's because of the thumb, even if it's only partly because of the thumb, yeah. then you don't need to throw him out there. Yeah. Because yeah, we need well, to win this game. We need to win this game, and we don't need what we don't need is Tua going out there and looking bad. Yeah. Because ultimately, even for the for the conspiracy theorists out there who are going to say if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts, it's because of performance and not because of injury. Well, the last thing that you want to do is throw Tua in there and have him perform poorly. Because then you got a full-blown quarterback controversy on your hands. Right now, you've got the excuse of the thumb. But if he goes out there because you say he's good enough to play, and then he plays poorly, and then you come back and say it's the thumb, no, no dice. No dice. You you got one chance to say it's the thumb, and that is you just don't play him because you say, hey, he jammed his thumb, he'll start next week. So 
I agree with you. I think if he's healthy, you play him. And if you play him, there's no excuses. And if he, if he's not healthy, if he's, even if he's 90%, if there's anything wrong there that would cause him to not play at his full potential, this is why you have Ryan Fitzpatrick so that you can play him. You can win this game. And then you can say, look, next week, Tua, you're 100% healthy. You can play against the Bengals. Just as good a team to go up against. Yep. Absolutely. So this is, uh, you know, we'll see what, we'll see where it goes on Sunday. I'm feeling reasonably confident that not only is Tua going to, going to play, but that he's going to eventually find a rhythm and, and be the quarterback that we all hope that he can be. And we'll get to, we'll get to see much more of that on Sunday. Just think it'll take him a little while to get warmed up and, and get his feet under him, but he, he will get there and it's going to happen this Sunday. Um, and after that happens, we will be back with you, uh, to record another show early next week to recap the game and go over the good, the bad and the ugly. And then we will look ahead to the next game and, and we'll just sort of take stock of where we are and go from there. So, uh, just again, a reminder to everybody, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Amplified to Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Same Old Dolphins. And make sure you go to Facebook.com slash Samuel Dolphins and give us a like over there. Uh, oh, and make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Very important stuff. All right, Brain, you ready to get out of here? Yes, I'm ready to enjoy the rest of my Thanksgiving weekend. I've got my golden monkey here, uh, pretty much one down, ready to get a couple more in my system. Fantastic. Well then, for Aaron the Brain, this uh, this Josh, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Fuck the Jets! Fuck them. Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest of all teams. We take the ball from